0: Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Ephesians, Who We Are and What We Do in Christ and was preached on November 21st, 2021. We are near the end of our study of the book of Ephesians, learning how to be a Jesus follower. And I want to tell you ahead of time that today's passage is unusual. At first glance, it often offends modern readers for reasons that you will see when we read it. And so to understand it, it's going to be necessary a bit to understand Roman culture before you write off the passage. But when you do understand it, you will see that it has great application to believers in today's world. If you have a job or you expect to have a job someday that it applies directly to you, If you are a student in school, then that is your job, or at least one of them, and it applies to you. If you are retired or you're independently wealthy and you don't need to work, you still have people who work for you directly or indirectly, and so it applies to you because it focuses on the boss and worker relationship. And so I want you to think about how it applies to you. If you have a full-time job, and you spend a normal amount of time commuting and getting ready for work, then 50% of your waking hours are devoted to your job. Well, except for pastors, because everyone knows we only work one day a week. You think that's bad. Associate pastors only work half a day per week. But anyway... About 50% of your waking hours are devoted to your job, and if you work overtime or have two jobs, then it's much more than that. We spend more time on the job than at church. We spend more time with co-workers than we do with our spouse and our children, more time on the job than in volunteer positions, more time working by far than in recreation. So in many ways, it's our job that defines us. What do you do is one of the most common questions we ask someone when we meet someone new. So if you're going to follow Jesus, you need to learn how to follow Jesus on the job. Now, here's a thought to start with. You guys have heard, maybe even participated in Take a Child to Work Day. I mean, they have one of those every year, and some companies do that. I've even heard of, though I've never done this, Take Your Pet to Work Day. I want you to think of it in a different term. Every day is take Jesus to work with you day. And I want you to think about that. And I'm going to come back to that as kind of my final point of of, of application today. Now with that introduction, let's read today's passage. It's in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 through 9. Let's stand together as we read this. You'll you'll know, because this was the way it was in Paul's day, that he is speaking to masters and slaves, and I'll say a word about that here in a minute. Here's how it reads. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. You may be seated. And you can see right off the bat, while... Why, that is an unusual passage and how it might offend, for I think we would all agree that slavery is a horror. The truth is, though, it has existed in almost every culture known to man, and it was huge in the Roman Empire and in Ephesus. When the Romans conquered countries, and that's how they expanded their empire, when the Romans conquered countries, They would take hundreds of thousands of people into slavery. Unlike in America's past, it wasn't predominantly racial. So it was hard to tell a slave from free by looking at them. There's even a a record of the Roman Senate one time debating whether slaves should wear identifying clothing so they could be recognized right off the bat. They finally said no because there were so many slaves. They thought if the other slaves recognized it, they would be able to unite and rebel. Ephesus was a very large and modern city. With was some of the most impressive structures known to man at that time, and they were built by slaves. Even today, if you go to Ephesus, I've never been there, I'd like to go someday, but even today, if you were to go there, you would see a beautiful amphitheater, a theater, made out of marble that would seat 25,000 people. It was built by slaves. Their temple, beautiful twice as big, by the way, as the Parthenon in Athens, was completely built by slaves surrounded by beautiful marble columns. They couldn't conceive of life without slavery. That temple, by the way, was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, and it existed in Paul's day when he wrote this letter. One of the worst aspects, from my perspective, of Roman slavery was that a parent in tough times could and often did sell their children into slavery. I mean, that's horrible, but then I had this other thought, man, I'd been rich, but that's another issue. <laughs> sorry, Tina, sorry, yeah. <laughs> so before we get into the, 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 the uh, meaning of the text, let, let me give you a few introductory remarks, because I don't want this slavery thing to, to, to bug you. I want you to understand what Paul was dealing with and he the passage and Paul was just simply dealing with reality. Paul was not a political crusader like so many of today's preachers. He's not trying to change the culture. He's just simply telling believers how to live. He doesn't promote or fight slavery as an institution. Instead, He's a Jesus follower telling other Jesus followers how to live. And so he's telling them, if you're a slave, and you can go to the book of Philemon, by the way, to get more of his thoughts about slavery, which he did not like. But if you are a slave, he's saying, then then this is how to live as a slave. And if you are a master, this is how to live as a master and be a follower of Jesus. He didn't focus so much on changing society. He focused on changing individual hearts, and I think there's a lesson there for us. B, I want you to understand that this passage is continuing a series that focuses on relationships. Chapter 5 taught the character of a Christian. This is how to love like Jesus, and then he applies that to our most common relationships. He applied it to husbands and wives. He applied it to parents and children, and now he's applying it to masters and slaves The passage applies directly today, and that's how I'm preaching it, to bosses and workers. If you have a job, then you're either one or the other. You're either a boss or you're a worker. The honest truth is, for many of you, you are both. You have people who report to you, and then you report to other people. And so both halves of this passage apply to you now remember we're in a section on relationships that's the focus here and i want you to remember the foundations of all relationships that we have talked about they're based on what we've already learned you cannot work as a jesus follower and do it right unless you have the proper foundations built into your life if you don't have the proper foundations then every aspect of your life, including your job, will ultimately fall apart and will fail to represent Jesus and who you are as a follower of Jesus. So I remind you of two of the foundations we've already talked about. I won't go into great detail, but understand this is where it has to start. If you want to be good at your job in the Jesus way, if you want to be a good boss in the Jesus way, if you want to be a good worker in the Jesus way, then you need these two foundations first, Christ-like character. If you are not a good man or a good woman, if you're not a real follower of Jesus working hard to follow Jesus, then you won't be a good husband, a good father, a good son, a good boss, a good worker. So learn to love like Jesus, live like Jesus, have integrity like Jesus, be a man of your word like Jesus, forgive like Jesus, and care for all people, your friends, and even more importantly, your enemies. I've told you this every week, and I hope you get it. Who you are is much more important than what you do. We focus all the time on, on what to do. How, do, how do I do my job, how, how, how am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do as a husband, how, how do I serve the church. Those are all important issues, but the most important issue is who you are, not what you do. And so as believers in Jesus, we are to have this Christ-like character, and we should be working on that every day of our life to be more like Jesus. And the second foundation that Paul has already talked about is family first. Now listen, as important as your job is, and that's what I'm focusing on today, your family is even more important, and that's why Paul focused on the family first. Your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your parents and children are the ultimate building blocks of a successful life. Your work and your relationships on the job are highly important, but not as important as your family. There's an unusual thing happening in the world today. I'm sure you've read about it and heard about it. People are quitting their jobs in huge numbers today. The, the reasons vary from person to person. You know, Some say it's lousy pay. Some say it's lousy benefits. Some say it's lousy conditions, lousy bosses, overwork, horrible jobs, you name it. But what they're finding out is this. Most people because they haven't built the foundations into their life, found out that their most important human relationships were their relationships on the job. And now that they've quit their job, they're suffering emotionally, some of them going into depression, not for financial reasons, but because they're alone. They've not built the necessary foundations with their families. And they got that support only on the job. And they're hurting. Listen, no matter what you want to be in life, no matter what success you're looking for, you need these two foundations. Your own character as a man of God, woman of God. And hard work to make sure that your family is right. So as important as your job is, put your work first into these two relationships. Your relationship with God your faith in Him and becoming like Him, and your relationship with your family. These are the foundations of following Jesus. And I'm well aware in, in some families that's tough. I thank God all the day, all, all the time that I that I grew up in a Christian family, with godly grandparents and godly parents. Not all of you had that, and I thank God all the time that that I married a wife who is much more godly than I am. Not everybody's had that privilege, but you still work it whatever you can do to make those foundations solid and secure in your life. So the foundations, a Christ-like character and family first. And then with those things said, you can look specifically at what Paul said and we'll start with his words to workers. Listen to the verses. Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. Now let me summarize that in two ways. First thing Paul is saying is treat your boss with respectful obedience. Now, I told you this last week when we were studying parent and children. Obedience is not just for children. It's part of our Christian character. And we obey and respect anyone who has authority over us unless their commands are in violation of what God has told us in His Word. And so Paul tells us to obey our bosses with respect And he adds this, and not just when they're watching you. Anyone can work hard in front of the boss. The real worker is who you are when the boss isn't watching. And that's the ultimate test of your character. When your boss isn't around, even on a personal level, when your boss isn't around and your spouse isn't around and doesn't know where you are, what you're doing, and your parents and children can't see you, that's as close as you will ever get to who the real you is. And so he's applying it here to to the job. Work hard not just when people are watching you, but to work hard from the heart at all times. Now notice he's not a proponent of what some people call prosperity theology. He didn't say work hard and your boss is going to reward you. No, he said, work hard and God will reward you even if your boss does not. Unfortunately, bosses aren't always fair. They don't always do the right thing. They sometimes show favoritism. They often take advantage of you. That's their issue, not yours. As a follower of Jesus, you work hard and respectfully obey. But it's deeper than that. And I really want you to see that it's deeper than that. Because for Jesus' followers, it's a recognition of who our first boss is, of who our real boss is. Obey, Paul said, as slaves of Christ. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people. So no matter what your job here on earth is, no matter who you work for, then he's saying, listen, you need to understand this. Your real boss is Jesus, and you're serving Jesus. So apply that to your job. If you are a waiter, then serve that table as if it were Jesus and the disciples sitting there. If you're a construction worker, work as if you were building a home for Jesus himself. If you're a teacher or a preacher, teach as if Jesus Himself was sitting on the back row and hearing everything you said. If you deliver a package, put all the care and energy into it as if the sender was the Father and the receiver was the Son. If you're a nurse or a doctor, you treat your patient. As if Jesus himself brought Mary, his mom, into your office and sat there with you as you treated her. If you're bagging groceries, do it as if you were bagging groceries for a meal for Jesus to take to his disciples. You understand what I'm saying? Make make this personal. I'm, I'm not talking theory. Paul was saying you do your job as if you were doing it for Jesus, not your boss. Not even the people you're serving, but you're doing it for Jesus. And if you do that, then in most cases, your earthly boss is going to take notice. And so will the people around you. There should be something significantly different about the way Christians do their jobs. And it's because we understand who our real boss is. It's not the guy with the paycheck. It's not the guy with the whistle. It's not the guy telling you what to do. They're part of it. But your real boss is Jesus himself. And so the Jesus way of doing your job is to understand who your real boss is. You spend half of your waking hours in your job. If your boss and coworkers and customers don't notice that you're different, that you're a follower of Jesus then you're wasting half of your Christian discipleship and your chance to influence many others for good and for God. And so we need to remember that that that's our biggest mission field. That's our biggest chance to make a difference in the world. Other relationships are highly important and you need to work on those. But more people will be influenced for Christ by you and your job than they will in your church. So recognize who your first boss is. It's Jesus. But it's not just to workers that Paul teaches. He also has a word for masters and bosses. And I can summarize what he said to bosses as this. Treat workers as equals. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. What way is that? That's the way of Jesus that Paul has been teaching for the last two chapters. Love those who work for you. Care for them. Give them reasonable expectations. Pay them generously. Understand that you, as the boss, are not number one in their lives. That place is reserved for God. Understand as the boss that you are not number two in their lives. That place is reserved for family. And though you treat them as family, you need to remember that they have a God and a faith, and they have spouses, and they have children, and they have parents, and those things should be more important than their boss or their job. And as a boss, you need to recognize that. So you treat them as equals don't see yourself as more important than they are as more necessary than they are or as more anything you may outrank them in the company but you do not outrank them in god's kingdom they're not a commodity they're not a source of work they're not just cheap labor they are equals in every way they're human beings made in the image of god and they are loved by god just as much as God loves you, and so they should be treated accordingly. Now, you can see that in, in today's culture, both sides are blowing this. Bosses think they are commanders, and, and workers just want the paycheck, is often how it works. And so, so the hatred often escalates. No matter which side of the equation we are on, though, as followers of Jesus, Jesus needs to shine through us in the way we treat people. Now, now let me close with, with a couple of personal applications so you know what I'm asking you to do. Number one, work on your own faith, family, character, and family. These are the foundations of your life, and they make the ultimate difference in every situation and in everything in your life. So start with faith. Do you have faith? Have you ever come to that point in your life where, without a question, I mean, you're not sitting on the fence anymore? You have given your heart and life to Jesus, and you believe in Him. You recognize that He is God's Son, that He came to earth, that He died on the cross for your sins, and you put your faith and trust in Him. That is where it starts. Because I'm going to tell you something. Often as a preacher, I know, I frustrate people because I tell people how to live, and they try it, and they can't. And I'm going to tell you, you can't do it without Jesus in your heart. You know, you try to be good, you try to be good, you try to be good. I don't know how long you've tried that before Jesus, but it, it fails ultimately. And even if you put on a good show, you know in your heart, I'm not what I should be. So you need Jesus. And so that's where it starts. You, you work on your faith. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I encourage you to do so today, to make today the day that you say, I do believe in you. And then once you've believed in him, you work on your character. And so you're praying every day, I want to be like you, Jesus. I want to love like you. I'm having a hard time loving this person or these people, and that needs to change. I'm carrying a grudge. I need to be able to forgive. I said something inappropriate, and that's not who I want to be. Forgive me. Change me. We ought to be working on our character every single day, never being comfortable with who we are because we're not yet like Jesus. And so we're working on our character every day, and then we're working on our family The very next priority, even over our job, except for our commitment to Jesus, that comes next. These are the foundations. And if the foundations are shaky, everything else in your life is going to be shaky. So work on your faith, your character, and your family. And then number two, accept your job as part of your commitment to Christ. When you go to work tomorrow, be very clear about what you're doing. You're taking Jesus with you. Accept the truth that your job may be the most accurate thermometer of who you really are because you're spending half your time there. And so how you work, how you treat people, how you relate to people, how you lead people, may be the biggest thermometer that will tell you how you're doing as a man or woman of God. And so you do it in a way that honors Jesus. I've been thinking a lot about family this week. It was kind of neat. Last, last week when I went to lead the Arizona Southern Baptist Convention meeting, I was the moderator. I used my grandfather's gavel from 1962 to open and close the meeting. I always wanted to do that. thought it was pretty cool. And keep it in my office for years, and, and, and was able to say, I call this meeting in order, bang. I was thinking about my grandfather. And then Friday, I had the military honors portion of my dad's memorial service as we put his remains into the uh, Morana um, Veterans Cemetery. I've been thinking a lot about family, and from those two men, I learned two totally different things, both of them important. From my grandfather, a great man of God and a great preacher. I learned to do my best to preach like Jesus. From my dad, a great man of God, serving in the Air Force and running a hardware store, I learned how to work like Jesus. Both are important. Do not see the pastor's job as more important than yours. Because your work, if you do it for Jesus, makes a huge impact. On the world. And so you do it tomorrow. You take Jesus to work with you. Very clearly. I'm going to say that again. Take Jesus to work with you tomorrow. You understand what I'm saying by that? Take Jesus to work with you tomorrow. Take Jesus to school with you tomorrow. Take Jesus to the grocery store with you tomorrow. And maybe it'll help if you carry a Bible with you, maybe it'll help if you put a cross in your pocket. But remember, wherever you go, whatever you do, but especially on the job, since that concerns half of your waking hours, you are doing it for the glory of Jesus. And that's your calling, and that's your task. And that is no more important than being a pastor. Because all of us are representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's your assignment on Monday. November 22nd. You take Jesus with you. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net or you can call us at 623-932-2723. Thank you and may God bless you and your family.